you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, you got your notes, you can follow along on your notes this morning. We're going to continue in our series, and I'm really looking forward to this. Heroes of the faith. We're going to be going through this year the entire Old Testament and New Testament, and we're going to be learning from heroes that have gone before us. Now, you remember last week we talked just for a couple of minutes about um, the Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 that says there are a cloud of witnesses, men and women, saints, who have gone on before us, who are cheering us on. They're watching us. They're in heaven, and they are cheering you on to run the race that's set before you. Now, in your notes, you have, and we handed them out uh, uh, last week, we have your, your race bib. Get your bib out, and, 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 and you'll see on the sermon notes here today that we have uh, the sermon notes, and then also you'll see something that looks like this on the back side of the sermon notes. Every week... For the entire year, we are going to be looking at men and women characters, but we are also going to be focusing on the characteristics that make them great. So today, and you, if you pay attention and notice that, that, that we very, very wisely and strategically plan our services and our curriculum but for the adults and for the kids, today's message and today's uh, character word is obedience. And then you're going to see a definition of what obedience is and then a scripture. Now, this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to, when you take your sermon notes, I don't know what you do with your notes. I know some of you just leave them in the pew because we have to pick them up after you leave, by the way. <laughs> some of you put them in your Bible. Some of you keep a notebook. I don't know what you do with them. But this one little section that says obedience, what I want you to do is I want you to rip that out and I want you to carry, you, carry this with you this week. Put it in your bathroom. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it in your car as you're driving down I-4 to help you and to help especially me to live a life of obedience. Today we're looking at the character Abel. And we're going to see in Hebrews chapter 11, he's part of the hall of faith. Abel was just obedient. He wasn't great necessarily. He had hang-ups. He, he had issues like we all have. But Abel was obedient. And you and I need to have obedience in our life. So this is what I'd like you to do too. This is just kind of a, I'd like you to take a picture and send it to me this week of wherever you put this little reminder. In the bathroom, in the shower, in, the, in your car, in the kitchen, wherever. I'd love to see some photos. Where, and I want you, every time you see this, to be reminded that God is expecting you, if you're going to run the race of life, to be obedient. We're going to look at what that definition means and then a scripture behind, uh, behind that. And so every week you're going to get a new word. You're going to get a new characteristic. Your children, when they come to church, they're going to be learning the same thing. Your grandkids are going to be learning the same thing. So as a family, we're all going to work on obedience this week because of Abel. 
See, Abel's in heaven right now, and he's looking down on you, and he's saying, I want you to run the race of life, and one of the best ways that you can run the race of life is to live a life of obedience. If Abel was to run one lap with you, what would he say? And he would say, be obedient. You don't have to like it. doesn't have to be fun. But if you're going to run the race of life, and if you're going to win the race of life, you've got to have an obedient heart. Can I get an amen? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at the one scripture. This is from the Hall of Faith. And if you want to know where I'm going next week, you can just read it in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start there, and then we're going to go all over the Old Testament and New Testament. But we're in Hebrews chapter 11. This is called the Hall of Faith. Men and women who are part of the cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. And look in, in chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 4. It says this, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. By faith. Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. Wow. This is going to be a good one. So we're going to go in just a moment to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to go back to the very beginning. How many know that if you want to go forward, sometimes you have to go back? And we're going back to Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to look real quickly at the story of Cain and Abel. And we're going to see how Cain lived a life of obedience, and we're going to see how he's cheering us on today, telling Pinecastle, be obedient. Do the right thing. Even when it doesn't feel right, even when you don't like it. Live a life of obedience because when you do, God will bless you. So let's go to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look at the story of Cain and Abel. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. amen. Now, Cain and Abel were the sons that Adam and Eve gave birth to. Well, actually, Eve gave birth to. So after the fall, after they disobeyed, after God clothed them, Eve gave birth to, to Cain and then Abel. So everything starts at this story. Now, Abel, and you're going to see here in just a moment, I'm going to read this to you. Abel was a shepherd. Now, it's important that you understand that. He was a shepherd. He looked after animals. His brother, Cain, was a farmer. And God said, I want you to bring me an offering. And Pastor John talked about that today. And God was very specific in his expectations. He said, I want you to bring me an offering and... Abel, who was a shepherd, brought a sacrifice that required blood to be shed. Now, there's a reason for that. Well, stay with me. He went out to the fields, and I believe he had a lamb. It doesn't say specifically, but I believe it was a symbolic of Christ being shed. So he went out, and, and, and Abel killed the, the lamb, and he brought that blood sacrifice and that piece of meat as a sacrifice to God. And the Bible says that God accepted 
that sacrifice. Watch this. He was obedient. He obeyed. His brother Cain was a, was, a, was a farmer. And the Bible doesn't say what he was farming, but it could have been oranges, it could have been carrots, it could have been lettuce, it could have been corn. He was a farmer, and he brought that as a sacrifice to God. And the Bible says that God didn't accept that sacrifice. Why? He didn't accept the sacrifice because it wasn't out of obedience. Now stay with me just for a moment. Adam and Eve sat Cain and Abel down. And they taught those two boys the principle of giving a sacrifice. They learned first hand the value of a blood sacrifice. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, how many remember Adam and Eve sinned? They were hiding in the garden. They ran from God. They were in the bushes, and the Bible says they tried to clothe themselves. And God came on the scene and said, where are you? And they said, we're hiding in the bushes because we ate of the fruit and, 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 and we're in the bushes. And God, watch this, God sacrificed a lamb and clothed them with those garments as a symbol of what Christ does for us. Are you all with me? The Bible says very specifically, he clothed them. How did God get the fur to cover them. He had to sacrifice a lamb. And this is all foretelling the gift of Jesus who had to be sacrificed and blood had to be shed. So Adam and Eve sat Cain and Abel down and they said, when God asks you for a sacrifice, watch this, we know firsthand it's got to be a blood sacrifice. Blood has to be shed. Cain and Abel, do you understand this? And Cain and Abel said, yes, we understand this. And then years later, when God asked for the sacrifice, Abel obeyed and Cain disobeyed. See, it was convenient for, 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 for Cain to bring carrots because he was growing carrots. But God wasn't asking for carrots. God wasn't asking for corn. Are y'all with me this morning? God wasn't asking for apples. He was asking for a sacrifice. And blood had to be shed. And Cain did what was convenient. Cain did what was easy. And God sometimes is going to ask you to do things that are not easy and not fun. He wants you to live a life of obedience. And Abel obeyed. He didn't fully understand it. He just simply obeyed and he brought a sacrifice and God accepted that sacrifice. Now, let's go to Genesis. Are you all still with me? Let me hear an amen. Go to Genesis chapter 4 just for a moment. I want to read this to you. And I'm going to just kind of... 
give some insight to this just for a moment. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. And Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. She gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks. So there he is. He's a, he's a shepherd. And Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought the fat portions and some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, oh, I love this, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, if you simply obey, if you live a life of obedience, it's going to be okay. You'll be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Oh, I wish people would hear this. I wish people would not overlook this little story and skip on to something that is a little feel-good message. Here is a simple story about two boys, two men, watch this, who were taught the same thing of obedience, and one obeyed and one didn't. We don't have time to go there, but, 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 but just a few days after this encounter where God sits, Cain down and says, Cain, dude, if you'll just do the right thing, if you just simply obey, it's going to work out for you. But if you don't live a life of obedience, sin, watch this, is crouching at the door. And it's waiting for you. And if you don't learn how to live a life of obedience, sin will wait for that moment and it will jump on you. Sin is crouching at the door. Now, I wasn't planning on doing this, but let me just come over here. I don't know if the camera's going to follow me or not, but watch this. Just, just a crack, a lapse, a bad decision. And the Bible says that sin is crouching at the door, waiting. See, if, if Cain, Abel, were to sit down with you and I and run one lap with us, Abel would say, do what's right. Obey God. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to like it. Live a life of obedience. That's what he would say to us today. Because just a few minutes after this encounter, Cain is angry. And he's jealous. And he's rejected. Because he felt that God was rejecting him, and God was never rejecting him. God was rejecting his offering. And so he got mad, he got jealous, he got angry, and the Bible says he killed his brother, Abel. It's a crazy story. It's right in the Bible. I'm not going to bypass it because it doesn't feel good. 
It's a critical story that helps us all understand the importance of obedience. Look in your notes, obedience, and here it is. And this is what I want you to take with you today. This is what I want you to put on your, on your dashboard. This is what I want you to put in your bathroom, on your kitchen, refrigerator. What is obedience? Obedience is quickly, cheerfully, and completely carrying out the commands and the directions of those I submit myself to. Hmm. Pretty powerful, isn't it? Abel probably said, hey, I don't like this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to kill a lamb. It's cost me a lot of money. It cost me a lot of work. What do you mean, the lamb? Obedience is when we quickly and deliberately and specifically obey the commands of those people that we submit ourselves to. I want to ask you a question today. How many of you are here today and you've submitted your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ? Let me see your hand. God demands complete, quick, and deliberate obedience from you. And Abel would tell us today if he'd run a race with us, man, just obey. I'm telling you, there's an enemy out there, and he's crouching at the door, and he's waiting for a moment. He's waiting, just give him an inch, and he'll take a mile. Abel would tell us, live a life of obedience. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. Doesn't mean that you're not going to always hit the mark. But as we run through 2021, I think it's a, a valuable lesson that we can all learn that God expects us to be people of obedience. You're probably wondering, Pastor Scott, what does what does what does Abel's name mean? I told the staff the other day in our staff meeting, always look at the meaning of the name. The name of a person will give tremendous, as John said, gold to our understanding of what the story's about. Abel, his name means breath. Hmm. Where did Adam and Eve get the idea of calling their son Abel, meaning breath. It's because Adam and Eve, a few years earlier, had the breath of God blown into them, and they became a living being. You want to know how to live a life of obedience? Ask the power of the Holy Spirit to be breathed in you so that you can obey. That was good, by the way. That, that, that deserved something other than what I got. Adam and Eve understood the power of breath. And when God breathed into them, they became a living being. And so the first Son, Cain and Abel, they specifically were wise in attaching a meaning to their name. And they said, Abel, your name is breath because God breathed into us. How do you live a life of obedience? You live a life of obedience by asking the power of the Holy Spirit to come into you so that you can do what you don't want to do. 
By the way, Cain, this is not in your notes. Cain, his name means spear. Hmm. What did Cain kill Abel with? Spear. Hot-headed, jealous, rejected. The Bible says that Cain was marked. He lived his entire life, listen to this, as a restless wanderer. That's what the Bible says. Read it. He was cursed, he was marked, and he lived his life a restless wanderer. I know people that have not allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to be breathed into their life, and they've lived a life of disobedience, wandering recklessly. You know people like that too. Just stubborn, unwilling to say, yes, sir. Unwilling to simply just just say, God, I don't understand it. God, I don't like it. God, this doesn't feel good. But I have committed my life to you, and obedience is when I quickly, deliberately sacrifice what I want to do because I want to live a life of obedience, and I want to obey you. And there are people in your life There are friends of yours from high school. There are friends of yours from college. There are colleagues that you work with, and they are nothing more than restless wanderers. Why? Because they never have allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to be breathed in their lives so they can obey. What I love about this definition is that hopefully this gets in your spirit, that quickly, carefully, and completely carry out the commands of someone they've submitted there to. I've got two of my kids here today, Aaron and Amanda. How many know they're nervous right now? (laughs) I can tell you as a father, there's nothing that brings me greater joy than when I ask my kids to do something. And they don't complain. They don't moan. They don't kick and have an attitude. They simply say, yes, sir, I'll do it quickly. Everyone say quickly. Cheerfully. And completely. That doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they don't mess up. Obviously they do like I do and you do. But if you want to run the race of life that's set before you, you want to live a life to win, develop an attitude that says, yes, sir, I will cheerfully I will quickly and I will completely do what you ask me to do. Holy Spirit, I don't want to do what I'm being asked to do. Breathe your life into me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Help me to crucify my flesh. Help me when God asks me to bring an offering for me to give something that's going to sacrifice. Help me to completely obey even when I don't understand it. In your notes, you're going to see, and, and, and we don't have time. I've got to go. But in your notes, you'll see uh, uh, what obedience is, and I love this. If you want to live a life 
Where it will go well with you, obey immediately, obey cheerfully, and obey completely. I like that. Look in your notes. You'll love this one. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33 is there. Bruce, if you go to the keyboard. Follow all the directions the Lord has given you. Everyone circle the word all. Follow all the directions. Then you will continue to live, and life will go well for you. And you will live a long time in the land that you are going to possess. How many of you are here today, you're here today and you want to live a long time? I haven't met anyone that doesn't want to live a long time. Everybody wants to live a long time. Nobody wants to die early. Deuteronomy says if you want life to go well for you, obey immediately, obey cheerfully, and obey completely. And it will go well for you. This has been several years. I want to tell you a story real quick. Tammy and I and the kids were very, very small. We were pastoring a church in Winter Park called, called Destiny Church. We started with a bunch of young college kids. Like, I'm telling you, a dozen college kids. That's how we started. And grew up to a fantastic church that gave birth to many ministries. And it really was a joy and honor. One October, end of October... It's like November 1st. I picked up the Orlando Sentinel, and I saw the front page of Orlando Sentinel, and it was an article talking about Universal Studios. And the whole article was about the thousands of kids that were flocking to Universal Studios for horror nights. You guys ever? Halloween Horror Nights. And I remember to this day, I picked up that paper on November 1st, and I was reading, I said, man, we got to do something about this. And I remember thinking to myself, we can't just do like a, like a pumpkin sale. I'm not against pumpkin sales. But like, you got 25,000 kids going to Universal Studios to see Halloween Horror Nights, a pumpkin patch is not going to cut it. So I said, we got to do something. And I had never done this before, didn't know what I was doing, but I said on that November 1st, I said, next fall, as a church, we're going to do something that's going to reach people. And it's going to be more than just a cute little pumpkin patch. How many know sometimes people dying, going to hell, you need more than just a, a pumpkin patch. And so I decided we were renting a, a, a bar hall in Winter Park that had 22 acres behind it. And I remember thinking, what are we going to do? And I remember the Lord telling me this. He said, whatever you have, you put it in my hands, and I'll make something great out of it. And I said, God, all we've got is a field. He says, just give me the field, and I will take, make something great out of it. So I came up with the phrase, field of screams. And our little church, this is crazy, our little church built eight scenes in that 22 acres. We got a honking big truck, and we built a portable uh, 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 where you loaded 50 people on the back of this truck, and we took people through Field of Screams in the middle of the dark, 
lights would come on and there would be a scene that would be there and then they'd go on to the next scene and the next scene and then the last scene, we brought them into the church and there was Christ on the cross and we talked about the saving, miraculous power of Jesus Christ. You know how we advertised it? I got two cars that were junkers and I had them put where it looked like they collided and I simply put a sign out there, Field of Screams. 5,000 people showed up to that event. 500 people got saved. In one week, crazy. Can I tell you something? And I'm going to come sit down here next to you, Tammy, just for a second. I remember the, the, the Sunday that I was going to make the announcement that we were doing this. And I was sitting right here. And I was shaking in my boots. I didn't have boots, but I had shoes. And I was sitting there, and there was a battle that was raging within me. I didn't understand why God was asking us to do this. I really didn't want to do it because I'd never done it before. I didn't have it all figured out. But I knew the Holy Spirit was asking me to do this. And I sat on that front row and the band was singing. I was like, I was shaking. I was like, this is crazy. What are people going to think? I mean, can we do this? Can we afford it? What what are people going to? And I went through this battle that raged for weeks. And right there on the front row, man, I was just going through it. And I didn't realize that Abel was cheering me on. I couldn't hear him. But Abel was up there saying, Scott, be obedient. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to like it. Scott George, please, there's people counting on you to live a life of obedience. When you don't understand it, just do it. And do it cheerfully. And do it full of faith. And do it with vigor and courage. And I'm so glad that I obeyed. Because there's been a million times where I haven't obeyed. Like you. There's going to come an opportunity this week. There's going to come an opportunity this month. There's going to be an opportunity where you're either going to give in to fear and insecurity and worrying about what people think, or you're just going to stand up like Abel. The Bible says, I read it to you, Abel is still speaking. From the ground, his blood is speaking to you today. And he's expecting you, and he's cheering you on. Do what's right. Do what other people are unwilling to do. And if you get killed for it, you win. See, this story is a story of winners and losers. The winners are people who obey in little things, in big things, in small ways. Cain's cheering you on today. And he's saying, Pine Castle, just obey. When you feel the Holy Spirit prompt you to do something, Just do it. Why? Because you've asked him to fill you. Like Abel, fill me with your breath so I can obey you. 
You don't have to live like a restless wanderer. You don't have to live cursed. You don't have to live being marked. You can live a life of purpose and destiny if you will simply live a life of obedience and honoring God. Would you stand up across the auditorium just for a moment? Bruce will sing, I surrender all, just for a moment. You don't realize this. People are counting on you to live a life of obedience. People you don't know, people you'll never meet, people that are somehow going to be impacted by your obedience. And the enemy would love to fill you with fear, love to hold you back, love to help you to just compromise and not fully obey what God wants us to do. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer here today, cheerfully, deliberately, completely obey God. That's what Abel would say to us today. We need to surrender. Our will, our way, our ideas, our game plans, and simply say, Lord, help me to be like Abel. Help me to live a life of obedience. Help me to honor you in the small things so that when you ask me to do something big, I've already developed that habit, and I'm just simply going to say yes. That's what God wants for us today. Close your heart just for a moment and just ask the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Ask the power of the Holy Spirit to, to breathe new life in you. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to breathe his life into you like you did Adam and Eve, like you did Abel, so you can fully and completely and cheerfully obey. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Sing it again, church. I surrender all. Yeah, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed head bowed and I closed just for a moment. If you're here today, and I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt this, and I'm going to obey Him today. If you're here today and you've never publicly confessed Jesus as your Lord, I want you to do that today. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Scott, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer, but I've never publicly confessed. I've never publicly demonstrated. I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that right now today. 
and I want you just to come forward. I want you to come out of your aisle, in the balcony, in the lower level, and I want you to come forward and just acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Why am I asking you to do that? Because God demands and commands that we let people know that we're following him. So if you're here today, is there anybody here today, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior publicly, and you want to do that, I want you to do that today. We'll wait for just a moment. Is there anybody? Now, for the rest of us, let me have your eyes and ears real quick before you go. Sometime this week, sometime this month, God's going to ask you to do something crazy. Just do it. And hear Abel in the background, in the great cloud of witnesses, cheering you on to live a life of humble and complete obedience. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and fill you with grace, fill you with courage to obey, to follow in the small commands, and to live a life of humble obedience. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender.